You are listening to a podcast, not just any podcast, but the 21st podcast of the Something on My Mind program. I am David. And I am Cindy. We are excited to get the show started this week. And as a reminder, you can find us on all of the social media platforms. And if you'd like to submit a question to the show, go to somethingonmymind.net to do so. In addition, if you'd like to email us directly, you can find us using podcast at somethingonmymind.net. All right, what's on the docket? What is the something on our minds this week? All right, for this week's docket, we are going to change things up a bit. And this means we will be spending the entirety of our show with our special guest, Ryan Doyle. He is the founder and owner of Video Vision 360, which is a global video production company. He's also very philanthropic with his charitable efforts and has a great story to tell. So we will discuss all of this information leading up to the interview, beginning with our roundtable. So here we go. Okay, so how the story begins is that we were looking to get our basement done. It's an old 1929. Scary. Very scary. Very scary. (laughs) It's not meant to be finished, technically, if you look at it. No, it's under the garage. Remember when we moved in and the boys came down and they're like, we're sure that there are dead bodies down here. Yeah, we found a bone saw from the 1890s yeah. and three we, gas hookups with an exhaust fan through the window that belongs yeah. to a stove technically. We don't want to know what was going down there prior, but... We have no idea. We don't want to know. So with that being said, this guy named Chip came over to quote the basement. And frankly, he said, we don't do jobs for under a certain cost. So with that being said, we were just chit-chatting and then he looked over in the corner and saw some lighting equipment. And it led to a discussion where he says, hey, my son runs a video production company. So this was after, what, 15 minutes, something like that. And then I just said, hey, um, does he do internships? And I told him about my son, and he says, yeah, I imagine that I think he'd be willing to talk to him. So I didn't think anything of it, right? So anyway, that was pretty much it. Chip went upstairs. He said goodbye. He was a nice guy, great salesman. We talked for a little bit, and I said thank you for the information. So that was it. I didn't think anything of it. And then I go on the computer and I start typing in the YouTube channel and I start typing in Video Vision 360 and I start looking at all these videos and, the, and where this man has been and what he does. And I'm like, wow, Cindy, like you got to look at this guy. He does some really cool things. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, we were both just kind of blown away. I think his dad wasn't casual about it, but just, hey, yeah, give my son a call. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we'll see what happens. So I did. I looked up Ryan. I called him. Didn't think anything of it again. Two days later, the phone rings, and I have a good conversation with him for a a few minutes or so, and he's just like, yeah, I would certainly be willing to talk to your son, Chase, and uh, yeah, I'm looking to maybe start interning now because I have my business to a place where this would be good for my growth. He's building out, and I mean, the great thing about this is you never know when you meet somebody where it's going to lead you and what that impact will have on you. And we talk to people all the time. Anywhere we go, we sit at the bar at restaurants because we like talking to people because people have interesting stories. People always have a thing or a story to tell. And that was the great thing. When Chase went into college, he started in finance. Then he went into engineering. Then he went into computer science. And all of these things, he realized his real passion was none of these things. He just thought the cookie cutter thing is, I have to follow maybe the dreams of my parents or whatever. And at the end of the day, Chase's real passion was production, media, really video production, exactly what Ryan is doing. And that's the impactful thing when you meet somebody where that might lead you. 
So yeah, that's where the relationship started. Long story short, Chase, Ryan, and I got on a call. It was 45 minutes long. They had an interview. It went well. He followed up with a subsequent interview where Chase went out there and saw him and spent some time with him, and he offered him an internship. So this was really great for him and his experience and for his passion. And then we've gotten to know Ryan a little bit um, through time. And so we wanted to bring Ryan on the show so he can talk about his background, where he's been, what he's learned, how he's adapted during COVID, and in addition, the charitable causes that he's founded and been a part of throughout his life. So before we get started, here's some information about his company. He has filmed in 35 countries and been on six continents. He actually started out with a nonprofit company where he raised $1 million with some friends at U of M. He's also been featured in the New York Times, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and also got a spot on the Today Show. He's also created content for companies such as BuzzFeed, Now This, Viral Thread, and more. In addition, he's also worked with clients such as ESPN, Ford, GM, Lyft, and Microsoft. The guy's a machine. I mean, this is a true privilege with his background that he stopped and took the time with us today. And what I love about him is he's just a cool, chill, casual guy. You'd never know if you met him until you really start hearing his story, what he's been through and what he's done and where he's taken his life and all the challenges that life brings. I love his statement. Life is long. Life is not short. And his signature line on his email is storyteller do-gooder, motivational speaker, and happiness cultivator. So our show today is really about taking a vision in your life and not saying that you can't do it, believing that you can, and just getting to the next step. You said it best in the car when we were talking about what a privilege it was to have him on the show is that he's doing things that people only wish they could do. So without further ado, let's get on to this interview. Please listen to the following programming note. The following interview was conducted by way of video conference, and therefore, there may be some degradation in audio quality. Thank you. All right. For our financial topic of the week, we have Ryan Doyle, and he is the founder owner of Video Vision 360. It's a global video production company, and you're also a content creator and influencer. Wow. Influencer. I got a new world. title today. I got a new title today. <laughs> I thought that's what I gathered when I looked at it. <laughs> Welcome, Ryan. The bio, yeah. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So we have Ryan on with us today to uh, talk about uh, what his business does and how he built it and some advice that he can provide to uh, other entrepreneurs. And in addition, he's also a philanthropist and he's been uh, giving back to the world throughout his career. So we'd also like to cover that as well. Cool. Yeah, let's go. So do you want to just, you know, give us a little more color on uh, what it is that your business does? Yeah, um, I, I kind of started off um, not really knowing what I was going to become and, and where the camera would take me, but it turned out, uh, it turned into uh, kind of filming all things epic. That's kind of how I describe myself. So if we're uh, jumping out of planes or climbing mountains or in the depths of, of uh, the African bush or saving a species of lemur or running across the middle with linebackers, that's where you'll find me with camera in hand. So that's amazing. How, you know, I mean, we we've, we've talked to you prior and your story is so interesting. And I think, you know, the one thing that we want to help impart our listeners, which is what drew us to you is you started out basically fresh out of college with nothing. You started out with one camera and a vision. And I think as parents of three college-age kids, one that just graduated and surrounded by people in this age group, you know, our mission is to help inspire in ways financially. Um, but this is what you've done. You've helped inspire financially, philanthropically, 
um, and supporting yourself as you grow. So tell us a little bit about your background in terms of what you thought of when you graduated college and you had a camera in your hand. Uh, yeah, well, I, I probably have to back up uh, maybe two years before graduating college. I ran a nonprofit. Uh, that was kind of my first love. And uh, I just wanted to run a business, but I wanted to help people. And I thought that was the best way to start. And I thought if I uh, poured my, my, my life and my passion into helping others, that it would come back, you know, um, and provide for a, a lovely life. And it has done that. And, but ironically, or maybe not so ironically, um, I couldn't find a videographer for my nonprofit. So I had to do what all entrepreneurs do and, and figure it out myself. So I bought a, a $400 flip cam from Costco with a uh, no interest loan from my father. And uh, I started filming all the stories of the people that I was helping. And then I ended up kind of liking it and found out I had a little bit of storytelling in me. Uh, so I kind of landed on the camera by accident, which was the best accident I could have asked for. And when I graduated from college in 2008 and the world fell off its wheels, uh, I kind of found myself in uh, desperation mode. And instead of trying to scrap for the last remaining jobs that I could figure out, I decided to create my own. And um, that kind of started very humbly. I mean, uh, I was sitting on my, my couch, couldn't afford air conditioning. So I was uh, shirtless and in my boxers and making a website. And I just launched and I, I kind of I filmed my uncle, I filmed his friend, I filmed my dad's friend, their companies. And, uh, you know, I made a portfolio of six things and charged 300 bucks, 500 bucks. And uh, I made 13 grand my first year. And after taxes, it was a little less. Wow. And, uh, and it was it was a tough few years. But um, then it kind of started to take off. So, so you, you filmed them without your shirt on all these jobs? <laughs> it was, everything was very toasty. I was always yeah. shirtless. <laughs> you, you had me, you had me at shirtless in your boxers. <laughs> <laughs> the true, the true grit of an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you repeat that? No. <laughs> so how did you, when you did this, how did you figure out, well, it's probably the hardest thing for somebody when they start a business and they're going to say, Hey, I'm giving you a service. How did you know what to say, what I'm going to charge you for the work? The real answer is I didn't. Um, I, I, I was partnered in the company with my father when it started for the first year or so. And, and my dad is a, a heck of a salesman. Um, so I kind of just shut up and listened to him uh, when it came to the negotiations part and the finance part and kind of the business part. And I did the creative. Um, and I, that's probably the best gift he gave me as, as a young entrepreneur, just to be able to see how that's done and see the art of the negotiation and learn to value your, your talents and, um, and know how to price yourself in your early stages and then grow and scale. So uh, that was a great gift that he gave me and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I just started very humbly. I would do a lot of freebies. I would do a lot of $500 videos. And uh, last year I did a $50,000 video. So it wow. just turns into what it turns into if you trust the process and you start humbly and you provide great service. And I'm a big believer that you need to have three major components um, to be successful. It's, it's being very likable, it's being on time, and it's being good. Uh, so if you have two out of three, I think you can survive. And I, I think I had two out of three. And it, for years, it was I wasn't good, but I had the other two. People liked me, and I would show up and be honest and trustworthy and, and get it done on time. And eventually, I got good. Uh, so then it really kind of escalated my company. That's honestly great advice. I mean, and that's, 
you know, you don't have to be the best starting out. And that's, I think, you know, is. we're not, we learn. I mean, you think 27 years ago, I knew what a stock was when I walked in to, you know, to the company that I subsequently led at for 23 years. But, you know, I, I had the other two components like you. You know, the one thing I did notice about you, is, which stands out in this world today, is you are very responsive. And that is in a lost art, in my opinion. Well, and, well, and the, the honesty part, because there, it's just so many people go out there and think that they have to, you know, what will set them apart is I'm going to show you I'm the biggest and the best. And it's okay if you say, you know, I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And that's, I think that's what intrigued us about you. And, and obviously, our children who know you now. So um, what a great role model and example that you've become for us to say, look at what he's done. So that's an amazing story. I'm humbled. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, I, that's, that's kind of how I started those tagline of my nonprofit was to make charity more personal. And I think I've carried that on through my life to bury, to keep it personal. And we're all people and you get hired by people and they need to like you and you need to be mm -hmm. kind and you need to be honest. And if you're not in any of these aspects of your life, especially in the digital age where everything is so transparent, you just, you can't escape it. One bad review and, and it's, it's a tarnish on your, uh, your reputation and your business. And I just think it's a way better long-term strategy and just a good human strategy just to be kind and do the right thing. So Love that. Continues to work. So that's a good idea for people when they're starting out, right? Is they don't always have a mentor, right? So very true. What one thing we tell our kids is we we try to get them internships, right? And so, mm -hmm. what would somebody do if they can't get an internship and they want to knock on somebody's door? What would you tell them to do? I mean, I've always been a doer. Uh, I think uh, it's easy to talk, um, especially with the access of the internet. And it's easy to be upset and it's easy to moan and and um, I think if you do stuff, it turns into stuff and then that stuff turns into more stuff. So I would just, I'm an advocate of, of doing and, and just, I applaud you too for diving into this podcast world. I mean, you have no experience in podcasting. Uh, all you know is how to get some audio equipment and carry a conversation and good for you for doing. And you'll, you won't know what this turns into unless you swing. So I think for young people, especially in this instant gratification space that we're in and, and a social media heaviest space that we're in, I would... I would do anything not to be a kid these days because I think it's kind of brutal. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember that hard work pays off and that you have to have this long, long vision. Uh, they say life is short. I think life is long and life is really long if you don't like it. So do something you love and spend every day doing it and fine tuning and, and expect results over months and years and decades, not days and seconds and minutes. You know, it's interesting because you're a true millennial, right? Yeah, I, I'm on the edge, yeah. But I right. think I'm an older soul, so I don't know if I truly fit in. Oh, there's no doubt about that. It's definitely yeah. An old, yeah, that's <laughs> true. But millennials get a bad rap sometimes, and that's that's not your case. And, you know, and I know you're involved with a lot of other people and did a lot of great things, especially raising money, you know, people in your age group. So sometimes people get in that world and they feel like millennials can be lazy and maybe they don't want to work hard, and your your message is opposite. So this is great that you kind of push this out there for people because a lot of our demographic – it's not necessarily millennials, but probably from 22 to 35 to 40. So it's nice to hear that, you know, this message being brought to them. 
Yeah, well, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think millennials come with a lot of gifts and I think uh, they're born into them. We're, we're a generation of passion and following what we love and, and kind of um, being multifaceted in mm-hmm. our skill sets and our interests. And I think that's awesome. I think the days of being, as a, I, I don't know if the word is, um, being a specific talent is less important than being a, of a general talent, having a lot of a breadth of of interests and skill sets. And I think that's all great things that millennials come with. I also think it comes with uh, wanting it and wanting it now and wanting it yesterday and being impatient and and looking on the internet and seeing what's out there and it's not mine and I don't have it and why not? And it's, you really mm-hmm. have to learn to be uh, a lot stronger internally because I think externally we're being tricked. And I'm kind of a hypocrite because part of my job is to film these fancy mansions and these yachts and these private islands and these crazy excursions. I mean, professional athletes live in the life. It's, it's a big part of my job, but it's, I've been very intentional about not losing myself, not losing what's true, what the real world is, what the real true North is. And I think uh, millennials will need help in that. And if, if, if they get lost in that space, I think uh, it's easy for them to spiral out, but if they can stay strong and, and know where they are at and, know what they're good at and follow their passions, then they're going to change the world. I love that. No, we, we always say too, it's, you know, the eighth place trophy, right? That's my tagline, the eighth place trophy. Just because you participated doesn't mean you get rewarded for it. Right. And, you know, we, we were raised in a different type of household and, you know, we were raised with work ethic and not everything does come easy. And, We've never handed anything to our kids, and they all can attest to the fact that you want to go to a school trip in Italy, you know what, guess what, you have to get a job to pay for half of it. And I can tell you, every child in our house, like you, has appreciated what they have and what they get and what they work for. And again, you know, just going back to how inspirational you are in that message is that we're, we're, we raise old school, so it's paid off for all three of our kids and but we're very proud to say that but you're right there's there is old and new school we've had challenges with that too but overall you know the kids worked out well and you know we stuck to the ideals and you know i think it's working out so far i mean chase can do his own laundry <laughs> <laughs> way to go chase way yeah. to go buddy <laughs> he built his own computer let's, so he's, he's self-sufficient and, and Haley can make an egg going back uh, back to school she learned this summer she knows how to scramble an egg but beautiful um, Let's get to the fun stuff. So tell yeah. us about what's one of your ultimate favorite projects. If you look up uh, Video Vision 360 on YouTube, which, you know, you have some of the most amazing places that I would like to visit. Um, you make it like we're there with you in those videos. But talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always wanted to do two things. I wanted to bring the viewer closer to the action. So if, if, uh, if I'm doing a football video, I'm actually getting hit by the 300 pounder. If I'm Mm -hmm. climbing the mountain, I'm actually climbing the mountain. I always wanted the viewer to feel like they were there because I think that would inspire people to get out and go do it themselves. Uh, But secondarily, I wanted to film things that the world hadn't seen. And I thought that at the time, I thought that was a very grandiose goal and I had no idea how to actually accomplish it. Um, And then I just hopped on the Google machine and started looking at some, like I would Google what's the weirdest place or the weirdest hotel or the most unique thing in XYZ country or state. And uh, I would think, I think that my claim to fame, if you will, was the, uh, the Peru pod. So it's a hotel uh, glass pods, um, kind of like a capsule that's the size of uh, maybe three king beds in length. 
and uh, it's strapped 400 meters above the ground in Peru, and it hangs off the mountain. So oh, if you go that. to my if you go to my YouTube, you'll see that. And I climbed the top of this mountain and did a promo video for them. And you are living in a glass capsule that hopefully stays stuck to the mountain. Well, and that's so, um, I mean that's, every every year someone's fallen you know to the into the depths of the Grand Canyon. So no, that is you, the one. Um, when I share <laughs> when I share your website and when I share you your videos with people that I know, I'm like you have to see this one, and it is literally the most terrifying looking um side of the mountain glass bubble but it looks amazing well it got me in national geographic and new york times and all these incredible things that i always dreamed of but wow. i had no idea how to do it and when nat geo called me i said okay this is working i need to do more of these outlandish destinations not only to get people out and see experience culture and and, and go to these countries that maybe they never would but also to do something that puts them out of their comfort zone something that you know is a worthwhile story to take home so when you're googling these places how are you marketing yourself or how are you reaching out to to get to the people that then you end up producing and advertising for yeah, I think a lot of people, especially young people, think it's some fancy, unattainable, um, expensive equation. Uh, I email the owners and I send them a video and say, do you want one? Okay. I keep it simple. Um, I, it's, it's, it's built up to where it kind of sells itself. Um, I'm 100% word of mouth. I've never advertised my company. I've never wow. done an ad. I've never done anything like that. And I'm starting to get to a place where I'm going to start scaling, which will take me down the rabbit hole of, of marketing my company, advertising my company. But uh, to date, it's never, I've never spent a dollar. And it's really just, if you do one thing and you want to do it again, you uh, just send the example. That's the great part about video production is proof is in the pudding. Watch the video. If you like it, invite me out to do one for you. That's incredible. You know, what's cool too about your videos, your Instagram is great because you updated it, especially during COVID from past places. But when people look and like we were at the Oneata Gorge, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we saw them like, hey, we were there. And so. Yep. Yeah, that was incredible because we had actually experienced the amazingness, if that's a word, of the Oneata Gorge. And for you to bring it to life for us again, it's like we all kind of relived that vacation together. So. That yeah, was it's, beautiful. It's a, it's a nice gift to film things that people have seen and done mm -hmm. themselves because then they can take my video and say, you know, this is what I did. Yeah. Um, so it, I always like that that gift. And it, it's uh, the gift that keeps giving because then other places hit me up and want the same thing. And then I get to go see something new. So, yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Spectacular. So how do you fare against your competition? Do you look at it that way or do you just, hey, I'm in my own lane, like is what sounds like the way you've ran the whole thing? Yeah, great question. Um, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a, I don't know the best way to say it, but I'm kind of a unicorns and rainbow dust and like Care Bears kind of guy. And what I mean by that is I don't really believe in, in competition. I took economics. I understand that it's a real thing. And maybe I'm just lucky because I'm in a little bubble and there's such volume that it doesn't matter um volume of, of companies that need videos and, and lack of videographers but i've i've in 10 years i think i can count one client that i lost to competition and it was because i introduced them and i mm -hmm. said here he can do it for cheaper and i i, I think i think competition 
for me is kind of a fallacy in the sense of I just stay in my lane. I do what I love. I, there's endless people, there's endless companies, there's endless people that have companies and there's endless opportunity. Um, and I think to, to try to live a guarded, you know, protect yourself and don't talk to the competition. I think you're cheating yourself because I think there's collaboration opportunities out there. I think you can pass business back and forth with, with other people. I think you can prop other people up and when they're busy or unavailable, then they prop you up with their clients. So I don't really um, pay attention to competition. I, I know a few videographers that, that film similar quality to me and I tell them, I reach out to them and say, yo, you're doing a great job, man. Keep it up. If there's any way I can help you out, let me know. Cause world's big. Yeah, that's <laughs> we all, awesome. We all need to be collaborative instead of competitive. Um, or maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm naive and, uh, but I just kind of think that we can all win. There's enough for everybody. What did I, I say? That's what's called doing a salad. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, first of all, competition's healthy. I think that's good karma regardless that does pay dividends when you're helping, you will get the help in return. And as you say, it's a big, it's a big world out there. There's enough love to go around, right? Absolutely. So back to your favorite place you've got filmed. That was the, the, that mountainside in, in Peru. So what's next? What are your challenges through COVID? I mean, this has got to be pretty challenging. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, uh, it's probably my biggest question because I'm known as this world traveler and, and obviously we can't travel right now. So everyone's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Can you not wait to get out of here? And uh, quite frankly, I'm loving it. Um, of course, uh, our country and our, our world is facing a lot of stuff that's brutal and people are losing loved ones and the world is different and maybe forever, who knows, but I've truly enjoyed it. I think it's forced us all to reimagine the world we want to live in and the way that we want to live in it. I think we're when you, you know, my saying for COVID is when you can't go out, you have to go in. And I think a lot of us are going inside and kind of dealing with our own demons and learning to get stronger and, and learning how to be silent and learn how to be away from people and be more self-sufficient and be more meditative, whatever the things are. So uh, from a personal standpoint, I've really enjoyed it. I also, um, it's kind of funny, but I travel a lot and I go to luxurious places with big pools and, and, and get out in the sun and enjoy it. Uh, I ended up just buying a house that has those things. So now I'm kind of bunkered into my own house Excellent. and uh, kind of making my life a vacation, which is nice. Great. But, what time um, should we be over for dinner? Yeah. Come on <laughs> over. It's all good. Well, actually, we, have a um, house in, we have a house in Lake Orion and uh, that's, that's the model there where every day is a vacation. Right. Every, every day is Friday. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, but as far as a business standpoint, uh, it's certainly, um, I think I lost pretty much all my clients uh, and and certainly six figures of business in a month or two but it's funny as an I'm a serial entrepreneur so I'm not mm -hmm. just a video guy I I've always dabbled in so many companies and I've always been very diverse in my right. interests and uh ironically pre-covid I was starting an e-learning company and I was filming some uh, huge thought leaders in social justice and all of a sudden the entire world goes digital and everything is e-learning and then what happens with George Floyd happens and the entire world turns into a social protest so all of a sudden I'm sitting on a company that is um, manifested itself into the perfect timing and actually Minneapolis public schools where George Floyd was killed reached out to us and said we want this so now we're wow. actually feeding this e-learning platform on social justice and social change 
from the top thought leaders uh, in the game and delivering this to school systems and districts and charter schools. And uh, we're about to knock on wood, we're about to have a very, very successful fall and help in this time of, of need and that we're all craving this uh, information and knowledge and growth and expansion around some of our darkest fears. And um, so as an entrepreneur, I think your COVID is a perfect example of stay nimble and dodge and weave and, and never put all of your eggs in one basket and, and be diversified. And that's also a financial move, right? You got to yeah, be diversified. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's my first thought when you said that is that's exactly what we preach and why you don't, why you don't concentrate if you can't, if you don't have to, or if you have the ability to diversify, um, that's a perfect example of that. And congratulations. I mean, that, you know, I, I don't want to say like the stars align because the stars aligning in that case, it means that other bad things are happening to align it. But, you know, we, we too have sat and talked even on this podcast about finding silver linings and the podcast was our silver lining. You know, we've always done finance. We've always wanted to help people. We've talked about it since the day we met, literally. Um, and uh, and here we said, all right, our silver lining is COVID's grounded us. What are we going to do about it? And we started this. And we're so grateful for this time that we have. We've learned about how we speak and what we say wrong. Cindy's and like, Cindy's like I in the beginning, like, I sound like that. I sound like Fran Drescher on a really bad day. <laughs> or I sound mean. I'm like, I've been telling this for eight years. Right? Um, so it's actually changed our personalities, I it, think, a little bit, to be honest. Yeah, it brought us together in ways that we had, you know, we're, we are always together happily, but I think it changed the meaning of our time together. So, you know, it's good to hear that. I'm happy for you. And that's not a mistake. That's you being proactive in what you do and who you are and how you operate. So, well, that's also variety, right? And when you get into something new and you like it and your experience in the past from other things gives you that ability, it becomes infectious because you're driven to succeed, not just by money, just by the whole experience. Absolutely. And, and as far as, you know, I'm driven by opportunity and experience. So, you know, I, I started e-learning three years ago when I was building an e-learning uh, company for NFL players that were transitioning out of sport into their new, you know, day-to-day -day life. And I saw what e-learning was for people. And it wasn't like I had experience in it. I didn't go to school for it. I just think I'm hungry to learn stuff and I'm, I'm excited to explore new opportunities and, and infuse my talents. So they're video centric mm -hmm. e-learnings. So my skill set does go into the curriculum heavily, but it's, oh no, it's just, it's life is long, experience different things, try new stuff. And uh, if, if you get lucky, sometimes you get lucky and sometimes it falls apart. I was in Asia when COVID started. I was I in remember. Japan yeah. when when the boat showed up at Japan and everyone had COVID and that's the first time I heard of it and I was in Japan and then I went to Bali and it followed us to Bali and I was filming all these villas and and I had this new partnership and we were talking about buying land and creating some some viral vacation homes and uh, that business fell apart on my way home back to the wow. states and I got back in an hour before uh, some of those flights didn't make it home and I would have yeah. been trapped in Bali which would have actually been pretty nice but yeah um, I think you know, that wouldn't the, be too bad I, I'd be all right but uh, but again one one company collapsed and another one got propped up and you can't always predict these things but uh, the best you can do is just try a bunch of stuff and, and love every minute of it yeah stay the course so where are you with the video side now that you 
you said you lost almost everything for at least a temporary period, right? So what, is, what yeah. does that look like? And are you going to continue to grow that business or are you going to venture off? No, I'm, I'm sticking to it. It's my bread and butter and, and a pandemic isn't going to stop that passion. But uh, it, 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 it shaped, uh, shaped itself a little bit differently. I ended up uh, kind of coaching people into their own video production from their iPhones and their computers and, and editing for companies with uh, their kind of home footage. So it, it shifted a little bit for a few months. Um, but then, you know, I think people started getting a little bit more brave and a little bit more creative. I, I filmed an NFL draftee get drafted, but I filmed through the windows. So I spent two days out in the cold filming his family through the windows and he got drafted to the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, I'm, I'm filming people in their yards and, you know, kind of just you, you adapt, you, you pivot a little bit. I'm actually, I have probably half the clients that I normally have, but twice the amount of money per client. So it's, it works itself out. And I think we just have to continue to be creative and, and prove new value. And that's the same as any other day. It doesn't have to be specific to a pandemic. It can, that can be a Tuesday. That's amazing. Well, I would say my takeaways from you, stay honest, stay likable, stay adaptable, persevere, diversify, and, you know, for all the kids starting out or even uh, adults or people our age, um, just don't give up. Don't give up the hope or the dream. It's funny how all that cliche stuff that our parents told us is so is true, it? isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, again, we're teaching our kids the same thing. And, you know, I, our oldest now works with me. He's a budding financial advisor. And funny because, and I know how proud your family is. We've had that conversation, but parents don't often get to be a part of their hard work with their kids or that perseverance of raising, guiding, teaching, teaching them to go out and be good human beings. And it's like, I get to sit every day and see that come to fruition. And, um, you know, that kind of pain in the ass kid when he was a teenager is, is a really great adult who works hard, who's smart, who's likable, who's articulate, and uh, as is our metal, Chase, that you know, and is our, our daughter. So pretty neat to see that um, it's all coming to fruition. So yeah, all those cliches were... No, it's true. <laughs> like when uh, we had a three-way call the first time we talked, right? And you talked to Chase, and I didn't mm -hmm. say much, and I listened, and I almost pushed him over in the office when we were done, like Elaine did on Seinfeld <laughs> to be like Jerry or whoever, just because you don't get, like she said, you don't get to hear that. And like, he was doing well and like, doesn't need help. And he got to where he is now. And you know, yeah. So it's, it, that's the reward you get from being a parent is to see that well, circle. Well, th thank goodness for good parents, huh? Well, you know, we're not perfect. And I can tell you why my kids will be in therapy someday. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I'm, part I'm of the equation. That. I'm yeah, very in touch sure. with it. No, but you, you know, you are truly an inspiration and we can't thank you enough. Is there any parting words that you want to say? Like there's any one word that sticks out uh, above anything that we've said or talked about that you could just give a, a last piece of advice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of, when I was 17, I did a non, or um, I did a internship with a really super cool um, company um, in Metro Detroit. And I was 17 and I didn't offer much. And I, I, I was just kind of there absorbing and didn't know what anything was. And um, I would cross the CEO every so often, who was my buddy's older brother, actually. 
And he would always ask me, you know, how you doing, Ryan? How's it going today? And I would always answer living the dream. And it was kind of Mm -hmm. a joke because of course I wasn't, I was dirt poor. I had no idea what I was doing. I was spinning in circles. I I, 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 I had no idea what I was doing, but I was always saying that I was living the dream. And I think it's cliche to say, fake it till you make it. But I was always projecting that I was living the dream and being happy and, and following my passion and doing all the things that I wanted to do. And I said, I still say that. And I have a big piece of artwork downstairs that my sister made that says living the dream. And I think it's important that uh, millennial or, or, or not, I think we all need to remember that life is um, life is what we make it. And if you're, if you're doing anything for the day, I hope it's something that is, uh, is kind of dreamy. So I just, uh, my hat's off to everybody who's chasing what they want. Awesome. Man, you're bringing me down. (laughs) I'm like, if I could just jump through the screen and give you a big giant hug right now, yeah, I'm telling hug. you, I'm giving you a giant virtual hug. I mean, that truly is um, what everybody needs to hear. And, and we always say, uh, act like you've been there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like every day I'm like, hey, did I, what did I get done today? I got to get a couple things knocked yeah. out, right? So you feel good knowing that drive that you not only knocking things out, it opens up the doors for the rest of the things because you don't get anything done, then you're stuck and you don't want to be stuck because you don't know what the possibilities are. Always move forward. I mean, that's, that's how we feel too. Just always do something each day that either makes you feel good, that makes somebody else feel good and that you've checked a box in some regard, whatever that box says. All right. Well, I think we are completed with our interview. We can't thank you enough again, like Cindy's alluded to for, for coming on. And uh, I think this is going to be good information for our listenership. Ryan. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Keep going. Podcast, keep going. Keep any going, keep uh, going. any charities you want to plug or, or put out there that... Um... Oh, man. Well, I, I will say there's a new project that's near and dear to my heart. Not new. It's a few years old, but it's a long project. It's called Walk a Mile. And uh, I'm, I'm doing it in collaboration with a, a long, long time travel buddy of mine, Mallory Brown. And essentially, we are going to 26 different countries and wow. walking one, one mile with 26 different women, which is it equals a marathon. So we're doing a global wow. marathon and we're telling these individual stories and we're trying to raise $26,000 for every single one of the efforts. And we've gone to uh, Tanzania and Uganda and, and Kenya and Asia and I mean every continent we've been to and uh, it's pretty cool so we're uh, we're trying to raise money right now for an acid attack victim in India and it's a brutal beautiful story wow. but um, that can be found uh, I think on uh, walkamile.com or travelmile.com I'm not really sure she just changed her website but that's our current effort, and uh, okay. you can also find it on my Instagram at Ryan Clark Doyle. So I appreciate the love and the donations and everyone spreading yep. the good word, and thank we you sure will. for what you do. Well, we appreciate you being someone we can all look up to. So you have a great night, and thanks for, thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Ryan, you're amazing. Woo-hoo. Adios. <laughs> Go, Ryan. Go us. <laughs> have a good one, you too. Thanks, Ryan. All, all right. right. Be well. All right. So what a great interview. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, RCD. That's our nickname for him in our house. Okay, Ryan, now you know what your moniker is in our house. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. There is one thing that I want to say in that if you don't get anything out of that interview, in my opinion, just the positivity alone. So here's to you, Ryan Clark Doyle. Thank you so much for being with us today. All right, so that will do it for this week's podcast. And if you'd like to submit a question to the show, go to somethingonmymind.net. Okay, so until then, until next week, I am David. And I am...
Cindy.